Hello and welcome to the Sound on Sound People and Music Industry podcast. I'm Karis C and in this episode I'm talking to Zylo Aria. Zylo is an artist, producer and the founder of online learning platform MPW, Music Production for Women. Since launch in 2019, MPW has taught in excess of 7,000 women from over 120 countries, partnered with global brands and earned Zylo a place on the She Said So Top 100 Alt Power list. We'll be talking about the courses that Music Production for Women offer. This includes their Intro to Music Production course, which delves into Ableton and its drums and synths, as well as sampling, audio effects, recording and mixing. Then there's the year-long Master Your Music course, which consists of a full curriculum of weekly masterclasses to help artists independently produce high-quality music. Master Your Music also includes monthly mentoring sessions, track feedback from industry professionals, a career strategy session, and discounts on music software and gear. More about that shortly. Let's start with a taste of Zyla's own music, which ties in her Indian Carnatic roots with contemporary down-tempo moods. This is an extract from her latest single called Alien. Today I'm chatting to Zylo from Music Production for Women and we're going to find out lots and lots about your work there. So Zyla is an artist producer as well as setting up this company and um, yeah, how are you doing down under there today? So good, uh, Caro. So yeah, it's 7pm uh, for me over here in the Gold Coast in Australia and um, yeah, it's been a good, good day, busy day, but all good. Fantastic. Yeah. So maybe tell us a little bit about your own music first and then how the inspiration came about to set up NPW. Sure. So I am a artist and I started off as an artist and recently it's been such a pleasure to get back to doing more of that as well because especially starting MPW things, uh, you know, took up a lot of time creating something from ground up and it's been great getting back into it. I got into music as a young child and I was kind of inspired by my grandmother who um, is a vocalist and uh, sings like traditional Indian Carnatic music and that's how I got into it and I used to go to her vocal lessons with her and um, and then I started singing myself and then started writing music around the age of 12 and uh, and then I was always looking for other producers to produce my music even though I would be producing on the side, but in my mind, they were always demo tracks. And then I wanted to find the real producer to um, produce it for me. And then as a result, unfortunately, I didn't always have the best experiences. And, you know, you'd get into situations that were 
not ideal. And, uh, and for a long time I was like, is it just me for some reason that I'm attracting these situations and all of that? Uh, but now having spoken to a lot of people uh, and women in this space, unfortunately, it's, it's just, you hear these stories time and time again. And aside from that, and, you know, certain safety issues and things. And also when you're trying to relay the image that you want for your song to someone else, they understandably will put their own spin on it, which sometimes can be a great thing, but other times you might just think, you know, I had a certain idea and I want to stick with that. So all of these things sort of culminated and I thought, okay, I don't want to deal with these situations anymore and I just want to start producing for myself and getting my music vision out there as I hear it. So yeah, then I ended up trying to teach myself and um, there were great things about that and it was really exciting and fun making mistakes and learning different things. But at the same time, it was a little bit of a more lonely journey than maybe it needed to be. And I felt like a lot of the communities I went to around production, I felt like the odd person out a lot of the time and uh, and I didn't feel comfortable asking the questions that I wanted to ask because I didn't want to be like that silly girl who doesn't understand what's going on with the tech. But then eventually things started coming together and I started releasing music that I had Uh, produced and it was this huge revelation for me like whoa this is amazing and you know why didn't I come to this earlier and uh, and I just wanted to kind of shout to like other women and say you know you can do this yourself even if you think you can't like I thought I couldn't for ages and then just reflecting on that journey I was like I feel like I need to help other women know that this is an option for them and then the idea for music production for women sort of started to form and yeah and then I've kind of mentioned this a couple of times in in other interviews and things but I a really close friend of mine uh, passed away really um suddenly around that time and it kind of gave me in addition to being this horrendous situation that was really hard to to go through it, it just also puts everything in your life in perspective and you realize that if there's something that you want to do, then now is the best time to do it. So, um, so it's a couple of weeks after that, that I decided to sort of go all in and, and start building this platform. And that was four years ago. And, um, a lot has happened since then. (laughs) Well, yeah, and you can imagine, yeah, a lot has happened and that's also because you've done really well and you've made it happen. So um, how did you get it set up? So I was first working as an accountant before I got into building MPW and I've been a musician for as long as I can remember and be making songs and releasing music, all of that. But I, my day job was as an accountant and uh I remember Friday was my last day, my job in accounting. And then Monday morning, I arrived at a cafe and I was like, right, I'm building this thing. And uh, I remember the first day I kind of got the mock-up of the website sort of done. And I was like, geez, one day website done. And I had no idea like what was involved. And uh, it's fine to mock up a website, but all the back end, you know, like 
the domain, linking that, getting an email going, how does all of that work together? And I had no budget, like it was my own money that was going into everything. So everything was sort of as kind of low budget as as you can go of, of just me putting my time and trying to learn how to make things work. So uh, it was a huge, huge learning curve and a massive reality check of like, how hard it is to build something from ground up. So as I was building this website, I was also uh, having a lot of interviews with other women as sort of my own research to determine is this platform that I think would be useful for myself also going to be useful for a lot of other people. And the responses from that conversation was quite positive in the perspective of this would be a useful tool, but negative in the stories that were coming out of it and the situations that people had gone through. Um, So I was having these interviews, building this website, also building the course, which I had no experience, like I had no idea how to create a video and, and, you know, talk through something and explain something succinctly. And I remember the first, uh, five minute video that I was trying to create, I had like two hours of recording that I was then trying to cut down into this five minute video. And I remember the feeling after I'd made that video, I was like, that's it. I'm done. This sucks. Like I hate it so much. It's so hard. And, uh, and if every five minute minute video takes me two hours to record and then multiple hours to edit, this is just a you know, ridiculous project and is never going to get done. But then like with anything, you do get faster and everything as you do it more, it gets easier and you do it more quickly. And then I I had this um, online course built and the first sale that I made of it, I was selling it for like $10, I think. The whole, whole program that I'd created just to see if anyone would buy it. And I'm pretty sure I spent way more than $10 to advertise it. But the first person that bought it, like I was jumping around the house, like so ecstatic that someone had paid, you know, any sort of money for something that I had created. And then things have morphed and changed a lot. And I've realized that things don't take the model that you initially think that they will. And we kind of moved from the online course, which is still there and uh, and has its market, but to doing more live sessions. When I say live, still online because COVID happened not too long after that. So online, but live. And uh, we were running short courses, which worked okay for a time. Um, but I created that for people that I thought would want it. Like everyone wants all the information in a short space of time. But then I didn't know how much they were retaining the technical knowledge. You know, you can't learn everything in a 12 hour day. It's just not really uh, feasible. So then I decided actually I, I want to change the model to have a better experience for our students so that they can actually take it in 
build a community around them, have some time with our team, get the support that they need. So we changed it to a one year model. So they have classes every week going through all the topics. It's in a more digestible format. Um, They get mentoring sessions, feedback sessions, um, all of these other additional things to support their learning. And that kicked off in 2022. Um, So we're going into now the third round of enrollments. And so far, the cap that we keep setting, we we keep um, hitting it for the number of students. So it's been uh, really good and, and the feedback has been lovely. So... Yeah. (laughs) Wonderful. And so it's an international community then that must be building here. Yeah, for sure. So um, through all our events, we've had people from like over 120 countries join us and we do lots of um, free events or nominal charge events throughout the year as well. Um, And obviously a much smaller student group that we work with over our one year program, but people are from everywhere and I love that. And all ages? So what we find is it's sort of mostly around the 25 to 35 mark. So potentially people younger than that maybe don't have a budget or just kind of try and do it themselves. Um, And we do have a few students um, older than that as well, which I love to see. You know, we have some mums in the program and um, one person that studied with us was in their mid to late 60s as well. So it's awesome, you know, never too late to start. Wonderful. So tell us a bit more about what you do offer. So you've got the one year program and tell us how many students that might be for and how that bit more about that, how that works, but then also the other events that you offer. Yeah. So the one year program at the moment, we capped it at 50 for um, the 2023 program. So we realized that we can definitely support more people than 50. So we have a cap of 100 students next year. So uh, we will see how we go on that. That is a much more personalized program, but we have different tiers that people can join in. If they want to work with me, then that's fine. If they want a a little bit more of a hands-off approach, then they can go for that as well. So um, that's sort of the core of what we do. But then we have all these satellite events throughout the year as well. So we have like a full one day of different workshops that we do usually at the start of the year. And that's uh, January, which is a great time to get into it, you know, learn some new skills. So um, that day we we, we've kept that free over the last few years and we will continue to do that. And um, throughout the journey, I should mention as well, like we've been really uh, lucky to build lots of contacts with a lot of the brands around the world. And we've had lots of support from um, companies like DistroKid and Sonox and Ableton and Focusrite and all of that, which has been lovely. And that helps us to keep some of our events free as well. Uh, And that for me is important as well, because I like anyone that works with us to be paid for their time as well. So if we keep our events free, it doesn't mean that we're using any free labor or anything like that. And then we, uh, yeah, we have one live in-person event in London once a year. And that is a special, special day. Like it's a full day and we have this sort of big 
lecture theatre with like 200 women in the room just talking audio and the sort of atmosphere in that room is so encouraging and supportive and and so many people don't want to leave and then we do a drinks event after that and then people are still there and by that time I am shattered like I'm barely walking it's been so intense a day but then people are just like not wanting to go home which is lovely and a great thing to uh to experience as well and then we do lots of other online workshops as well we've got our latest one coming up which is our uh, empower her sound workshop series and we have one on production one on mixing one on music business as well so yeah a few few things going on and we have a podcast as well which you were a lovely guest on Kara as well so thank you for that yeah definitely so who's involved then I hope you're not trying to do this all by yourself no I am really lucky to have two lovely women working for me and I could not do this without them. So Carmel, who's been working for us for, I think, a bit over two years now. So she's our communications manager and she looks after all of the major communications. So like our social media platforms, our emails, all of that, um, she looks after and she does a phenomenal job. Like I think it's great to have people on your team that, you sort of need to start the sentence and they can almost finish it for you on what you're after and what what you need to do, as well as providing some insights on things that you haven't thought of and, um, and also have a different view of working and a different brain. So sometimes I, I'm quite a um, dominant personality in the kind of disc personalities of the four types of personality, but Carmel is very much a steady person. So when I'm kind of off on a tangent, sometimes I need her to bring things back to perspective and, and what, um, what we need to focus on. So really lucky to have her. And then Victoria, who's joined us a bit over a year ago as well. She's our office administration uh, assistant as well, and really, really lucky to have her as well. And, um, just all the kind of back end stuff that she looks after a lot of the canvas skills. She has excellent canvas skills, which is really useful. And, and also things like just general uh, emails and, and looking after our students and uh, anything that they need, um, being the first point of contact as well. So really, really lucky to have them on the team. And is it just you that does the teaching? It's not actually. So I don't do much of the teaching anymore. So we, um, contract other teachers to uh, teach for us. And again, the teachers we work with are phenomenal, like so good at making complex uh, concepts and theories um, really understandable in, in simple language. So I, uh, again, am really uh, lucky to to have found them. For example, Ramira Abraham, who's our vocal production um, teacher who just won an MPG award and she's been incredible. Lillian Francis, who is the most engaging teacher I have ever met in my life. So, uh, you know, really lucky that we have her as well. So, yeah, we have a great, great team of approachable teachers with us as well. Wonderful. 
And do you think it's important that those teachers, leaders, supporters are also women? Yes, I do think so. I have thought about this. It is a good question because I didn't want to exclude anyone from working with us. And we have actually had a couple of men um, on our roster for teachers as well which has also been great and they've been incredible teachers of their topics. Usually for technical topics, I like to make sure it is a woman because I think firstly there's that sort of role model aspect of it as well for women to see another woman talking about the technicalities to know that they can do it too, but also to maybe feel a bit comfortable as well to ask the questions. Maybe they might shy away from asking what they want to ask um, to to a male teacher potentially. Yeah, I've often pondered this because I was at sound engineering school myself and often the only woman in the class. And you think what's, you know, in a sense, it, it, why is it? So, um, you know, I felt like it was almost not cool for me to be confident, but also not cool for the men not to be confident. It was it felt like it didn't serve either, you know, any of the genders in terms of that kind of, yeah, expectation. But also then I think you create, like you say, limitations or expectations for yourself. I never forget being in Berlin and seeing, it wasn't until I saw um, a woman, Justina Lecture, using Pro Tools that I thought I could. And I was like, why did I need that reflection? But you kind of do, don't you? Mm. Yeah, like there is that quote that says you can't be what you can't see and I think there's so much truth to that. So I'm not exactly sure why that is but, Mm. um, yeah, it was only when I started noticing more women doing this as well that you you think actually why did I think I couldn't do it? (laughs) It's strange. say have been the joys and challenges of setting up and maintaining, sustaining, surviving and thriving with MPW? <laughs> oh, well, starting with the wins, actually. So it's, it's just such a rewarding thing. Like, I, I was thinking about this for another session that I was running earlier on life-changing events or things that for you maybe are just part of what you're doing but can have a big impact on someone else. And I never thought when I first set out to do this that it could have a life-changing impact on other people. But that, especially with our one-year program students, like the response that we get, not only around the technical aspects, but they, so many of them have come back saying, I feel so much more confident in myself and this has impacted not only music but so many other aspects of my life and not only the learning the technical skills but the way I collaborate with people, the way I allow myself to be treated in rooms and working with people because I want to work with them, not because I have to. And 
And I, I can see the changes in the opportunities that seem to come their way because of this change in mindset as well. And, you know, that, that's just incredible to see. And to see the change in the students as well, like from the start of the year when I speak to them, they're they're a bit more shy and they don't believe that they can do this. And then towards the end of the year, I remember the last session that we had with our first year students they were kind of just talking all these production terms like it was nothing, like it just part of their language. And, and I just had to ask them to reflect on this and, and being able to have these conversations so naturally and how much that has changed uh, in a year. And, and it, it's, a, it's just a lovely, lovely thing to notice. And even we get lots of messages and things on social media platforms just being like, I'm so glad I found you. Like I've been looking for something like this. I didn't know it existed. So um, I'm so glad you exist, you know, whether we do anything together or something. And that's a lovely thing to, to experience as well. Those are some of the wins. I mean, there are so many as well, like all, all the support that we've got from industry people as well and people wanting to to support in some way has been incredible and, and the brands that we've worked with and and being able to have lovely conversations with people like you, you know, talking about this stuff is, is just so fun. And even through our podcast, like all the lovely people I get to chat to, it's, it's just such a privilege as well. So, so many good things. I, I could go on for for a long time. <laughs> and then coming to the challenges, my gosh, there have been a lot. <laughs> I mean, starting with the first year, like that was, that was hard. Like I had quit my job and up to this point, I was in quite a privileged position where I had been making money since I was like 14 when I got my first job and I was used to having a steady income and when that suddenly got cut off and my savings were just dropping very quickly while living in this expensive city called London at the time um, was this huge kind of wake-up call and then seeing that drop further and further while the thing that I'd started was making no money and, and there was no return for a while um, was allowed me to experience a financial stress that I had never experienced before, which I found really challenging, but also um, allowed me to appreciate the the challenge that other people are facing that, have dealt dealt with this before as well. And, and I think it's made me a lot more empathetic towards people that are dealing with those financial pressures as well, because you can't think of anything else, you know, when you're, when you are like, Oh, where's my rent going to come from? Oh my gosh, looking at the bank balance. It's so stressful. Um, then you can't think, Oh, I'm going to, write a song today or something, you know, it, it just doesn't really happen. So, um, it was really hard, but there were lots of learning from that as well. Just, you know, one challenge as well is running something yourself means that 
there are so many decisions to be made and it's you and the buck stops at you. So always having to think about all the repercussions, how is that going to impact things long-term and there's no one else to kind of chat with exactly about it. And I, I do chat to my team and I really value their input and often what they say to me really does help. But at the end of the day, um, if the decision isn't a great one, like it's it's my responsibility and I have to take that on. That's quite a challenge as well. And, but, you know, again, there's good sides of all the challenges. Again, being a dominant personality, maybe I would make a terrible like co-business partner um, and I'd just want to do everything all the time. So maybe it's all happened for the best as well. And then again, another challenge, which is also a good thing, is just having to wear so many hats. So it's like being creative about our design and approving our new branding that we just went through uh, like that exercise and then um, doing our budgets and then moving to our marketing strategy. It's just like such different things that you have to be fairly good at everything. Like you can't have a beautiful product and then a horrible website that no one wants to go to or, um, you know, I don't know, like great Instagram presence, but your courses or your events aren't run well or something like that. Like everything has to be at a pretty good level. So just having to learn so many different skills. Um, but the plus side of that is actually doing so many different things. Like every day looks different. What I'm working on all the time is different, which is good for me. I think I'd probably get bored if it was the same, same sort of thing all the time. And also uh, investing in my own learning as well, like trying to find mentors. Um, and also I'm part of a business uh, program that I joined um, uh, a little while ago, which has helped me so much as well. So um, investing in myself to improve my skills in as many of these areas as possible. So yeah, I guess those are some of the challenges. Also, dealing with people has been really good, but also tough at the same time. Like um, you do at times get some like abusive emails and messages, you know, when you're talking to an audience of over 20,000 people across channels, like you'll eventually rub someone up the wrong way and they they won't be too happy about it. And it used to upset me those things, but now it's just all part of it. And, and you, you can't worry about what every single person thinks and that's, uh, that's okay. But just understanding that and, and not taking it all too personally. Wow. Yeah. When you break it down, it's a lot to carry as a very holistic kind of um, role, isn't it really? Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> Which I had no idea about at the start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're obviously doing something right because you're expanding well. Wonderful. So yeah, you've talked a bit about getting ready for your next year's program. Any other future plans that you can disclose? So I guess there are a few things that we would love to do. The biggest goal is really for to get to as many people from the perspective of any woman in the world that feels like 
they would need our support or could benefit from it for them to just know that we exist and there's someone here in your corner and uh, and there's someone here to help is is sort of the main uh, aim and main goal and aside from that i guess like we we've been running this in person event in london which is great and a bit of an operation obviously i'm in australia so doing the logistics in the uk is um so i mean i say challenge but carmel's made things really easy she's on the ground there so that's great but we would love to do uh, an event in uh in the us so in la another version of that so there'll obviously be a lot more to think about there we don't have anyone on the ground there so how how does that work and then uh yeah, I've been involved in a few different gear conferences, but would love to uh, get involved in NAM, and that would be uh, an awesome thing to be a part of as well. Uh, yeah, I guess those are the sort of things in the sort of short to medium term coming up. Um, but uh, but yeah, but I feel like, and this is the great thing about being a small business with a small team is that we're changing things all the time. So we're always seeing what's working, what's not. And this Empower Her Sound workshop series, we planned that sort of a few months ago. And that's kind of going from now to the end of uh, November. Usually the last session we run for the year is our, is our charity workshop where we choose a charity and um, it all proceeds to that, go to that charity. But yeah, I mean, we have a bit of a rough plan and we have a budget in place and things for the next year, but we're always trying to keep eyes open and seeing what's going on in the industry and and how we can change and adapt to that to to improve what we're doing and have a better offering for our students than anyone else that we see. Fantastic. Um, so finally, how do people get involved if people are interested to find out more, if they want to join one of your programs or events? So uh, going to our homepage is probably the best place to start and uh, joining the mailing list. So then you'll know um, what are the things that are coming up. And we have lots of resources that go out through our mailing list as well. So the There'll be something that you learn from that anyway. So it's just music production for women or one word.com. And there's a few free resources there to get started as well. So you can just join the journey at whatever point you think um, interests you. And then uh, and then if you are interested in the Master Your Music program, it's musicproductionforwomen.com slash action. And because um, we need our students to take the first step and take action because um, in music, I think sometimes people think someone else will do it all for you, uh, but we're happy to get in there, but we need our students to take that first proactive step. And then if our enrollments are open at the time, then you can um, try and secure a place. Uh, If they're not, then you can join the wait list and then you'll hear about when it opens up next. Fantastic. Well, for me, it does warm my heart because, you know, I started out producing on my own in a double-decker bus um, (laughs) 25 years ago. So I think um, it's lovely to know there's so many organisations now. There's so many, so much support. The communities, I think community is really important. Mm. I mean, obviously, we've been helped by loads of lovely, kind, generous men. But it's also nice, as you say, to see those reflections of yourself and be able to, to take away some of those barriers that might be internal or external. For sure. For sure. 
So wonderful. All the best with your own music. Make sure you keep carving out that time. I will. I will. So yes, actually, I'm releasing my album now track by track. Um, and that's been a lovely process so far and has gotten some really good feedback, which has been really nice. So looking forward to getting some more music out over the next few months as well. So that'll be really fun. Wonderful. And all the best with the continuing expansions of music production for women. Thank you. Thank you for listening and be sure to check out the show notes for further information as well as links and details of the other episodes in the People and Music Industry series. And just before you go, let me point you to soundonsound.com forward slash podcasts where you can explore what's on our other channels. This has been a Caro C production for Sound on Sound.